0: Welcome to your jock market power hour for this week's ATT Byron Nelson. I'm Rick Gaming that right there. Joe Iodody. Joe, it's another Wednesday, which means another Jock Market Power Hour. Lots of early movement already in the Jock Market.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. What's good, buddy? Um Happy to be here again with you. As always, happy to see our friends here. Some are already in the chat. Make sure to drop your handle in there. We're giving away some free money again this week. And yeah, tons of, of early got some guys crossing into double digits here before, right at 8.15 p.m. So um, I think a lot's going to sort of shake loose here in the next 45 minutes. We'll be here to ride along with you guys.
0: The free money that Joe mentions, you can acquire your free money by dropping your Jock Market username in the chat right now and we will give out 100 Jock Bucks in $20 increments 5 times throughout the show. We'll get our first one underway here in just a few minutes, so make sure to drop your handle and if you've stumbled, if you've stumbled into this live stream and you have no idea what is going on, first of all, welcome. Uh, How'd you get here? I'd like to know. I'd like to find out. Second of all, the IPO phase is open right now. So Joe, uh, until about 9 p.m. Eastern time, you are able to bid on shares of golfers for the price that you think is right for them to play this week's Byron Nelson.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the way this thing kind of works is the IPO is going to close anytime between uh, essentially like 8.57. We saw an early close last week. So let's we'll see if we get that again in 9 p.m. So um, you're bidding all the way up to that point of these guys. Think of it just like the stock market. It's kind of a blend between DFS and stock market in terms of Um, This is obviously focused on PGA tour golf. They have a ton of other sports available, but yeah, essentially what you're trying to do is target the guys that you think are going to do well this week and finish well in the Byron Nelson tournament and make a bid on them, right? That price that you see next to those guys now isn't always the closing price. So make sure to monitor that. If you feel comfortable bidding a little bit higher than that, you can by all means do so now or wait to those last couple of minutes where, where we really see the bids sort of flying in at a rapid rate.
0: Brian says the pricing is going nuts. Patrick says this is his first week doing jock market and definitely feels like he should have deposited more than $50. (laughs) Welcome to the club. I think that is a common sentiment. If you want to deposit and you haven't yet use the code power 20, it'll get you a $20 deposit bonus. We're giving away a hundred bucks, uh, in jock bucks tonight. I mean, there's a lot of free money out there and, you know, Joe, there's there's still a lot and there's going to continue to be a lot of new people. So we encourage everyone, if you have questions, if you have concerns, if you have comments, throw them in the chat. That's why we're here for the next hour to take those questions. Anything that you've received over the course of the week, Joe, that we should touch on before we kind of talk more about maybe the Wells Fargo Championship?
1: No, you know, I talked to a couple of people this week who made their first deposit, which is always good to see some friends of mine in the Twitter sphere. So I hope you guys are here with us now. Happy to have you along. And we kind of basically how this works is we walk through this process with you. The next 45 minutes, we talk about guys we like, guys we don't like. And then once the IPO closes, uh, we see who everybody's got. So you drop who the shares that you got in the chat and it's good fun.
0: Osho asks, uh, Rick, how'd you find out about this? Uh, good question. I I got introduced to this last summer. Uh, basically, the concept of it, and I was like, I'm in. Like, I love it. This is this is something that um, I've always been interested in. There have been other. Companies that have tried to do sports slash stock market type things, Joe, and they failed. And they never really worked. And I was admittedly very skeptical about this, right? I was like, all right, it's you know what? Like, like I I want this to be great, but I know other I know others have failed. And then when I started to see the product and I started to see how smooth the app was, I was like, This, this, this has legs. I love the idea, Joe. Not only can you bid now, but during the tournament, you can buy and sell shares of golfers. And then for me, golf is the perfect sport. I know that jock market has other sports available. I'm obviously very biased towards, uh, towards golf. And I think that is the perfect, uh, the perfect way to utilize this technology.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more with, uh, golf kind of lending itself perfectly toward this type of app. As you said, right, um, I think everyone's a little bit skeptical when you first see something like this, just because no one's really been able to do it before, seen anything quite like it before. So if you're new to this, start slow, right? Take baby steps, put that first deposit in, get your free 20 bucks. Maybe we give you another 20 in here uh, and work your way up and sort of kind of build that bankroll. You don't have to throw hundreds of dollars into this thing right off the bat. But it's a ton of fun. You know, I think everyone who has ever bought in stocks or has a 401k or has played fantasy golf can kind of get the hang of it pretty quickly. Um, And it's been a blast for us to kind of do the show with you guys over, you know, the closing IPO hour as as it's taking place.
0: Let me give a couple of concrete examples because we can look back to last week's Wells Fargo championship. And you can see that this time last week, Rory McIlroy sold for $9 a share. He was, let's see the, one, two, three, four, four. five, six, seventh most expensive golfer last week. Joe, he sold for $9 a share. He finished, he closed the week because he won at $25 a share. But I saw guys who bought him on Thursday after he shot. I don't know what he shot on Thursday, one over, one under. He was not really in the mix of it. And I saw shares that were much cheaper than $9 that turned into $25
1: absolutely yeah so you mentioned him i know you were on him last week so i should have just listened to you rory (laughs) was the right move you got a great number at Kiowa next week as well i believe
0: yes baby Uh, so
1: congrats to you on the winner um but yeah there are that's the beauty of this thing right is it's is it's kind of a gamble it's when do you when do you hold when do you fold on guys And, (laughs) and last week as a good example um i had a ton of shares of phil mickelson so after the first round I, I didn't quite see the number that I wanted to get for Phil because I thought that he had potential to finish over ten dollars a share. Of those offers, you know, I think I paid two something, and the the bid price and the ask were were right around eight dollars. And I elected to kind of hold on to those shares, and, and big mistake, big mistake.
0: It was just, um, man, the slow bleed over the final three rounds oh, was man. just killer. <laughs> Uh, And to go from
1: all the way to like first round leader to 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 barely breaking even was was tough, was tough, I'll say. But, you know, that that's my own fault. There was a point in time where I could have got rid of that and made four X on my money easily. But um, that's why we call it gambling
0: couple other notables. Keith Mitchell turn, went from $2.14 last Wednesday to $16 a share on Sunday evening. Gary Woodland, a similar route, $3.77 to $15. And there's a question from Carl in the uh, chat here. He says, bots buying everything for one penny more immediately after bidding? No, they are not the bots are done. So remember we, so uh, there was a great explanation. We dove into this deep last week, Joe, there are quote unquote, jock bots in the market. Uh, their only goal is to create a bit more action. They stop uh, hours ago, right? I mean, they, they have been, yeah. they get turned off after I believe 25%. Uh, so, so when IPO opens, they go 25% of the length of of the IPO, and then they're done. And they will never bid more than 80% of the fair value. So they are built to lose 20%. So Carl, what I assume is happening, and Joe, correct me if I'm wrong, people are very smartly putting in maximum bids right now on golfers. So if if Carl is trying to bid $7.01 on Will Zalatoris, and Joe has a $9 max bid in... Joe's max bid keeps going up for him automatically until it reaches his number. That's why what I assume is happening here, Joe.
1: I would say so as well. Yeah, well, we confirmed with the guys last week, Carl, because uh, we had that question as well. So um, I think it's right around like three. I think the the IPO opens like 1 p.m. Eastern. So by like 3.30, they're done. Um, They take they operate at a massive loss every week. Um, So if you're being outbid immediately after bidding, that's because other people have a standing offer that is higher than yours currently. uh, And that's why it's happening. So I you know what I like to do is is. If you're going for multiple shares, Carl, put in like a one share offer right now. You know, if you find a guy that you like and you want to stick him in your holdings tab, do one or two shares right now and then wait. Right. Wait until that last five minutes until you reach and you, and you kind of see where he's at at that point and then go in for your 10, 15, 20, 30 shares. But um, the more that you continue to sort of bid these guys up right now, the higher the end price is going to be.
0: We already have a lot of movement in the market, so I want to get to the big board here shortly. But real quick, (laughs) let me run through a couple of other things here, Joe. Drew in the chat, he says, is there a way to track ROI percentage that includes IPO and all the later bids? So, No. Yes and no. Right. So, so if you want to track the stuff, what I'm showing you right here, this is rickrungood.com. It's free. You can go under PGA tools. You can go to free tools and you can go to jock market. Uh, as far as I'm aware, Joe, there is nothing that tracks all of the trading. Although I know we've exchanged emails, uh, with the team over there and we're, you know, working on trying to give some, some insight on maybe some new dashboards and new reports that people could have access to, which ideally could track more of that in game trading.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They're constantly working on, you know, th- this is so new still. We could oftentimes forget about that, that we're we're less than a year into this thing. So they're constantly making improvements. Their main goal right now is to make sure that everyone's able to play this thing, right? So they're trying to make sure that these other states that are that are kind of holding things up are able to get pushed through and we can get more people into the jock market, which will make everything more fun uh, in terms of buying and selling during the event. But yeah, you have an unbelievable tool that's completely free on rickrungood.com where you can track every player's IPO and closing price through every tournament. So you can isolate single events or you can look at all 15, 16, 17 markets that they've participated in. You know, you can see the ROIs right there and the players that are consistently returning value and those that aren't.
0: All right, here we go. First $20 to the jock market going out to Joe. Joe Murrowski uh, I believe that is JJM5390. Congratulations, $20 coming to your account at some point in the near future after I email the guys at Jock Market and they credit your account. So congratulations. If you want to win $20 like Joe just did, again, make sure your username is in the chat. Do us a favor, hit the like button. Goes a long way. Certainly appreciate it. And and my Joe, this Joe, Joe over here, uh, it is now time to unveil the big board. But before I do, any guesses of what you you know who who's going to be our most expensive golfer this evening?
1: So traditionally, when looking at this stuff, it's been John Rom. Right, he's kind of been the king of the jock market. Although we saw miss a cut last week for the first time ever in a jock market. That's true, ever in a jock um, market. Yep. So the first time he's ever missed a cut, maybe people are a little reluctant to go back to the Rom wagon this week. I think it's going to be uh, the Texas native himself who. Tried to catch an early flight to get ready for this tournament. Last week, I'm going with Bryson. I think he's going to finish atop the board.
0: Well, as of this moment, Bryson DeChambeau is our most expensive golfer in IPO already at $10.41 a share. What does that mean? It means that if you're a buyer of Bryson at $10.41, you need him to finish 11th or better because 11th would pay out $10.50. But Joe, even more impressive... We already have three golfers above ten thousand dollars. It's Bryson at ten forty-one. It's Will Zalatoris at ten and a quarter, and it's Jordan Spieth ten dollars and a penny. Three guys over ten bucks.
1: I know, and you know what we've seen, Rick, recently, and, and you can kind of speak to this as well. Bryson's have you been eyeing this thing up for a couple hours? Bryson's been ten forty-one for a while, and what we have seen, and what we've kind of noticed over the last couple of weeks, is someone comes in and places this really hurly, really high early bid on a player um and then it just kind of stays stagnant. I think people mm-hmm. maybe are are a little bit nervous about how where's that price going to end up, right? If I bid 10.50 right now, am I going to get any shares or is he going to go for 12.50? And what we've seen and what the data has kind of shown is oftentimes it kind of just hangs out right there, doesn't it?
0: It's actually a pretty good strategy. Like <laughs> if you wanted to get Bryson in- uh, go come in three hours ago, put in $10 and 41 cents and everyone goes, well, you know, right. But in the next, knowing, knowing that the final moments of this thing, the final minutes of this thing get really spicy. The assumption is price is going to continue to go up. We have not really seen that, especially with other examples where there's a really high price early in the IPO phase, but price aside, Bryson DeChambeau, you mentioned it thought he missed the cut last week, Joe. He's um I, I have a lot of thoughts about this guy. Now he goes to TPC Craig ranch. Of course, we've never Ever seen on the PGA tour? Are we buying Bryson?
1: You know, he's getting close to that target price that I had on him, and I'll I'll tell you, it was 11 bucks. And I don't, you know, maybe he kind of hangs out there, but there's some concerns, obviously. I think that his game is going to set up from what I've seen from from TPC Craig Ranch. This is a nice fit for Bryson, right? He's back in Dallas. He put it pretty, you know, he went from essentially going for a dollar a share last week to catching a flight back to Charlotte and returning a profit. Like he ended up making people money last week after almost missing the cut. So he really stormed. He struggled on those par fives the first couple of days. I think that of the guys at the top, I have the least concerns about Bryson right now. Some of the other guys, we, we you know, besides Rom, who we saw miss that cut, Spieth, we haven't seen in a little while, right? He's coming off COVID. We haven't really seen him since the Masters. Berger, I haven't seen a whole lot of. Hideki, like what do we do with Hideki here this week? He's been, I believe, in quarantine in Japan for a couple of weeks. So um, I think that I have the least amount of concerns going into this about Bryson. And I think that if he stays at this kind of $10.50 mark, could be a great buy.
0: There is certainly a lot of question marks, I believe, in this field. We've got about 27, 28, 29 minutes or so until this IPO phase closes. The other, the other Texans, we talked about, I mean, these guys all get a bump, right? The Zalatoris, the Spieth, the Scotty Scheffler, $8.88. I think in other formats, Scotty Scheffler is going to be incredibly popular. I know he is many people's pick to win this week, Joe. And I think we are going to see a similar sentiment here in the jock market. And he's hanging out at $8.88 at the moment.
1: Yeah, we kind of seen that, haven't we? So we've seen, you know, you see a guy show up on a lot of people's betting cards. He's going to be popular in DraftKings. And we usually see, you know, essentially what jock market is here is a popularity contest for the week, right? Great so list. if you see him popular in other spots, he's likely going to be popular here. I would say he probably um, moves up. You know, I think he gets to those mid nines. I'm a little bit shocked. It, it Zalatoris, and I was. This is one guy who I was really hoping after last week because I was pretty high on him at the Wells Fargo, coming off a miscut cut. There, I was kind of hopeful, I guess, that <laughs> that maybe might be able to get a little value on him this week. And already, you know, ten and a quarter. Um, I just that that seems really high
0: for me. Yeah, you were hoping to get the Zalatour discount this week. That is certainly <laughs> certainly right. not going to happen. A couple of <laughs> questions from the chat, and I'll refresh our big board here. Joe, you mentioned something about a target price. So uh, I think for, for our newcomers J- who don't understand what Joe's talking about, he is essentially setting a price for every golfer in the field of what he's willing to pay so that he doesn't get all flustered in the last couple of minutes and try to figure out how to allocate his funds. So, Joe, if you could talk about that a little bit. And then Jesse is kind of looking for an idea of what a good target price for Sergio Garcia, multiple time winner of this event, what that price might be.
1: Okay, so what I do, and essentially Jock Market kind of does some of this work for you, right? Is they create a suggested price for every player in the field. So what that is based on is their rankings. So you will see their, what they call the fair value projected rank, and you will see they rank guys one through 163 based on their metrics, wherever they pull their data from. What I do in the simplest of terms is I re-rank those players. So if I see someone – for instance, this week I have the biggest jump that I have, and this is a massive jump. So the projected rank that they have for Thomas Peters this week is 129th in a field of 163. Uh I have Tom Peters 17th. So a massive jump there. So what that will do is now I will – essentially, you know, apply that target price as if he was the 17th best player. And I will look to see if guys are under that for them, that if they're, you know, lower than that price, that makes them a good buy candidate for me. If they're over than that, and I can kind of look elsewhere. Uh, Sergio, to answer the second part of your question, this week, I'm actually pretty high on Sergio Garcia. I, I hope that I can end up with some of him. He's done pretty well in the jock market for me in the past. Obviously played really well in Austin down there at the match play disappointing finish at the masters. I have a price on him right now of $6 and 90 cents, and he is my 14th ranked player in the field to answer your question, Jesse.
0: And how that translates to uh, the scoring or the payouts, Joe is essentially asking Sergio to finish inside the top 22 or better because 22nd would pay out $7 a share. So that's how all of these calculations are being done and all of this thought process is being done. And we are are blessed with the presence of Ken G in the chat. Ken, what's up? Good to see you, buddy. Asking a question about Jordan Spieth coming off of COVID and if there is a precedent for performance afterwards. Uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, Joe. I think it's been a mixed bag. I'm trying to think... uh, Sheffler, Scheffler when he came back had to knock off a little bit of rust Joaquin I think had to knock off a little rust and yeah. um I remember some comments about Webb Simpson being like I I was more tired than usual in like the first mm-hmm. couple of rounds that I played is there anybody I can't I'm trying to think of anybody who came back and was like immediately what we I would have expected
1: dj at Houston. Oh. DJ so Houston. when DJ Houston, <laughs> but DJ is like, does He's anything affect DJ? He's not yeah. human. Yeah. Does, does anything, can anything <laughs> rattle DJ? I don't even know if COVID has a chance against that guy. Um, but anyways, you know, to kind of give my thoughts on him. Look, this Spieth was, Ken, when we started the jock market, Spieth was dreadful. People were bleeding money on Spieth. But you look at his last eight, he has turned it around. He's up 845% ROI his last eight events. I have him as number one in approach, number one in birdies are better, number one in tee to green. Jordan Spieth is on fire. I'm I'm a little bit concerned about the COVID because he said he hadn't got a whole lot of practice in. (laughs) <laughs> um, that's, and he's not, he's not necessarily, even though he's from this area, real familiar with this course, that's that He's been so good if he can get it back. Um, and you know, the last time he played an event in Texas the week before a major championship, he
0: won. I'm, I was just gonna say he had to have won it, right? Because if you were bringing up that stat, he definitely won it. Yeah, Valero, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. right, yeah, right. Masters, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Uh, okay, and uh, before I go back to the big board here, there was one question at the very start I wanted to get back to. Um, okay. Dan wants to know about Dylan Meyer. He Monday qualified. He has super long odds. He, I don't know much about about Dylan Meyer. What I I don't believe he has uh, status on any tour. I I think he's been all over the place. He might have status on what used to be called the McKenzie, the Canadian tour. I don't know what they're calling it this year because they're playing it in Alabama. That doesn't start until this summer. So I think he might have status there, but there is very little information. He's a multiple time All-American at Illinois or Indiana. I think it's Illinois. And I, I just don't know enough about him. I think, I think there's a lot of guys, Joe, and we see this all the time. There's a lot of guys who are All-Americans. There's a lot of guys, like they were all All-Americans, right? It's just golf is very deep. It's hard.
1: Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we do see these guys who Monday qualify come in and it's almost like the pressure's off a little bit in the actual tournament, like they made it and they play pretty well. I know um, Seamus Power last week, for example, made a cut, made a decent little run. But yeah, I, I would definitely default to to your take on him there. I don't really have a, a feel one way or the other on Meyer.
0: Let's pop on back to the big board here because there has been a little bit of movement. Bryson DeChambeau moving up a little bit. $10.70, Zalatoris and Spieth have not moved. And then, you know, guys are starting to stack up behind Joe, but one name that hasn't started to stack yet is a name that I know you love and one that got <laughs> a little bit of money, of my money this week at long odds. It's Brooks Kepka making his first start since the Masters.
1: Oh my God, you're betting Brooks? I already bet him. Yeah,
0: I I have to take
1: him. You're like the, you're the whisper lately. Every time every time you say someone and I don't take him, he ends up like winning. So I can't miss Brooks and he's five dollars a share right now. But I have a lot of concerns and I'm a Brooks homer, uh, of but it just looked sketchy at the Masters, right? And and he's I saw his presser and uh, there wasn't a whole lot to glean a ton of confidence brother. He said he still has trouble bending down. Uh, You know, he's never played or practiced at Kiowa, so he kind of didn't know what to think about that either. But yeah, I mean, the price is right right now. $5 a share. He's priced below Jason Day. He's priced below Charles Schwartzel. Like, come on. Like, this is Brooks. If he shows up and his game is right, he's a much better player than either one of those guys.
0: The the concerns I share don't don't get me wrong I, I share the concerns but the fact that there are concerns is what gives you such a good number on him right it's this you we could have we can rewind the same things we talked about last week with Rory McIlroy you know concerns not knowing where his game is but when he figures it out he is going to win golf tournaments and you're not going to see this price again it's almost a carbon copy of what we saw about uh, um uh, Rory McIlroy last week so I he, hey he got my money let's let's you're see right. how it goes he got look
1: and you make a great point. Like, this stuff, like, what we do and try to prognosticate golf is so hard, right? Like, you almost just have to say it's Brooks. Like, forget what you saw at the Masters. Just take them. The same logic you could have applied to Rory last week, the same logic you could have, frankly, applied to Keith Mitchell, who was coming off yeah. maybe the worst putting performance of all time. Like the worst, I think, maybe in your history and having the stats in terms of strokes, game, putting. And then he he top fives. Same could be said about Gary Woodland last week, who had one of the worst ball striking performances I've ever seen Gary Woodland had. Uh, He didn't have a shot that he could hit the green with the week before, and he comes out and plays really well. So this stuff is hard. It's random. If you see a good player at a good number, you should probably just take it.
0: And then Keith Mitchell was putting with a bent putter for the final round. And it's True. Like, how would we have ever have known that? Like, it's just, you have, to embrace, you have to embrace the volatility a little bit, which kind of interests me. You know, guys like Mark Leishman's getting a lot of questions in the chat right now, Joe, because okay. he's someone that I think, I think he's pretty polarizing. You know, he doesn't do anything sexy, but he finds a way to win golf tournaments. He won at Tory Pines last year. He won with Cam Smith just a couple of weeks ago. And we're starting to see kind of the momentum build on Leishman. And now he gets to play TP. Craig ranch. And, and I think I'm not a big Leishman guy, but this kind of feels like a good week for him.
1: Yeah. You know, there's actually three, I believe there's three guys in the field this week who are all coming off a victory. Uh, so you have Leishman, you have Sam Burns, and then you have Hideki. So, uh, you know, all three of those guys, I mean, the confidence couldn't be higher with Leishman. You know, obviously it's a little bit different because it was a team event, but the guy did top five at Augusta right before then, as you mentioned. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, you have the Aussie and Texas narrative, like you mentioned. So it seems like everything is, is shaping up nicely for a Mark Leishman week.
0: Let's give away $20. bucks. i have got $20 yep. to the Jock Market going out to. Sir William Fancy. Oh, how fancy. Thank you for joining us this evening, Sir William. We are graced with your presence. Thank you. $20 coming in your direction as soon as possible. And if you would also like to win $20 to the jock market, drop your jock market username in the chat so that we can Pick your name and we can send you money. Uh, Joe, let's go back to the big board. Let's start getting down into some of these cheaper, what we call penny stocks. And there are certainly some names sub $5. You mentioned Keith Mitchell, ball striking Maverick from last week. Carlos Ortiz, who was in it for about five seconds until he imploded. Thomas Peters here, $4. That's a name that you mentioned. And actually, let me tie that into one of the comments that we got here about I'm going to take this question from Ryan, mostly about the Euro guys and how we kind of treat them in the jock market. Rosner's here. Catlin's here. Thomas Peters is here. These guys that uh, primarily reside on the European tour. They don't get a lot of exposure to us Americans who are now dumping our money into the jock market. Is there all automatically built-in value on some of these guys?
1: To some degree, yes. Um I don't love these guys that come over for like one week before a major championship from the Euro Tour. You know, the, the golf is just played a lot differently over there. And I feel like I, you know, this may be a wrong take, but I would feel more comfortable in a guy who has stacked together really good performances coming up from the Corner Ferry Tour at this point than I would from the Euro Tour. Um, that may be wrong, but that's just kind of how I feel. And I feel like those courses correlate better to events like TPC Craig Ranch, where I think it's going to be a birdie fest. I think we're going to see Mm. maybe 20 under par. I think that the courses line up uh, similarly that, you know, that are played here stateside. So, you know, I, I would look at a guy like Peter Uline, you know, first, second, seventh, a guy that's just stacking together great finishes in terms of confidence there than I would versus John
0: Catlin this week. I'm a huge advocate of that Corn Fairy Tour, and you're right. If you have ever seen a Corn Fairy Tour event or even any of these Monday qualifiers, you have to be foot on the gas every single hole. If you're making par, you're almost losing grats. I mean, these things are unbelievable shootouts, and it kind of does train these guys to just be like, all right, well, let's go out and make as many birdies as I can. And when you get to a course that we think is going to play as easy as this one could, mm-hmm. it's certainly worth a consideration. Uh, going a little bit deeper into the second page here. So those names that we mentioned: John Catlin, he's currently two dollars and seventy-eight cents. Antoine Rosner, two dollars and thirty-three cents. And then there are some of these corn fairy guys or guys that at least split time teeter at two twenty-two. Seamus Power, two dollars and twenty-two cents as well. But as I highlight, you know some of these names here: Joe Cameron Champ. He's a more established PGA Tour pro. Nate Lashley has won on tour. Is there anybody in this range that you're going to be keeping a close eye on for the next? 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, you know, there's actually, you know, looking at my board right now, there's like four guys there, and they're all kind of right in a row. So they're right at like two dollars and fifty cents. It's it's Champ, Burgoon, Gordon, and Chapel. I feel like any of those guys have the potential to pop. Champ, obviously the longest guy in the field this week. Will Gordon's not far behind him. Uh, Bronson Burgoon, if you're going with that sort of bomber narrative hits it a long way as well. In Kevin Chapel, we've seen, um, he can just get really hot and make a lot of birdies. And
0: I think that, yeah, remember um, he shot a 59, like his first round back from back surgery or whatever last year. Was that last exactly. year? Exactly. I
1: think that he won. He, I know he won in Texas. I'm not sure if that was the Valero, it was. Um, but I'm kind of yeah. looking for guys like that who who just hit it a long way just because I don't know enough about this course, but what I have seen is that. It's fairly wide open. You know, you can kind of land a jet on some of these fairways, and it's just bomb and go, bomb and get a wedge in your hand and go, and it's going to turn into a putting contest. Christoph Ventura is another guy I was kind of looking at right around that $2 range. So I think there could be some good value here this week in a week where it's very top-heavy, right? You have those first six, seven, eight names right around Fitzpatrick, Scheffler, and then it just kind of drops off. And I don't think there's much difference between a guy like – Gordon or Champ or Ventura, when you go up to, you know, you get into the Leishmans and the Garcias, like I think that they could finish around the same spot this week
0: up heavy, I think is a really good way to describe the field this week. Even when you look at simulations or you look at the, the odds, there's like, you know, four or five guys that eat up the vast majority of the win equity in this field. Let's go back to the big board because, uh, that Bryson DeChambeau, he's not staying there. He is on the move, $11 and 12 cents. I believe that pushes him past your, uh, your Uh, value, Joe, on him, so he might be out of your price range. So that is essentially asking Bryce DeChambeau to finish inside the top eight or better. Zalatoris and Spieth have not moved since we came on air. Scotty Scheffler is closing the gap. He's $9.58. John Rahm closing the gap, $9. Let's talk about a couple other uh, polarizing names for this week. Let's start with Ryan Palmer. We know that he holds the course record here. We know he's a Dallas guy. He lives like, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes away from the course. He's currently $7 and 24 cents, which at the moment, would it be asking him to finish about 21st or better?
1: I'm going to pass on Palmer this week. I feel like he's going to be in terms of popularity when a week where we don't know much about this, people are going to see that course record. They're going to have the Texas and the win narratives fully in play. And I just feel like that popularity and the public sentiment on him is going to push his price above what I'm sort of willing to pay for him. You know, if he ends up you know, hypothetically, if he ends up around, let's say 850, he's got to finish basically in the top 15 or better. Um, I just like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put my money elsewhere. I think this week, how are your? How do you feel about him? Where do you stand on him?
0: This is kind of a weird take to have, but I like him so much that I can't like him this week because of all of the, like, he's going to be too popular. The price is going to be driven up. I think I don't care if it's Craig ranch. I, I think he can play well anywhere. So I'm not going to pay the premium this time around. It is actually a compliment to Ryan Palmer in the same way. It was a compliment to Max Homa to avoid him last week because it's like, I'm not going to pay the premium. I'll just get him somewhere else. It's, I think it's a compliment to him. The other name is Hideki Matsuyama currently $6. He is coming off the victory at the masters. We know it has probably been a lot of accolades and a lot of awards and a lot of commitments and a lot of travel and all this stuff, uh, in the past couple of weeks. And based on all of that, I think the public sentiment says, you know what, you know what Decky will, will pass. We're going to take a cautious approach because our masters champion is only $6 a share.
1: Yeah, I think this is for me. I just think this is tune up week for Hideki. I think it's getting back in the rhythm of tournament golf. I think that you know, him going to Japan and having to basically stay in a hotel room from what I've heard for two weeks um, can't be good for your golf game. Right. So look, he had the performance of a lifetime at the Masters. He broke through. He went home. He had the parade. He's now back. He's just trying to get himself geared up for the next major championship, you know, kind of in my opinion. But that said, the price is definitely right at six dollars per share. I just don't. (laughs) I think it's going to be one of those guys this week that I'm probably just going to have to to plug my nose and just kind of avoid because I feel I saw somewhere this week where Hideki off of uh, like four weeks off has missed the cut like fifty percent of the time throughout his career. So I feel like it, we could have a miss cut incoming for Hideki. Even if he finishes in that seven eight dollar range, he has the potential to get to go to one right more than I think he has the potential to go to fifteen
0: plus. We are 10-ish, probably less than that, eight, eight or so minutes away from this IPO closing. You're going to want to get your bids in now. And also, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give away another $20 to the jock market. I'll give another 20 away after IPO closes, and then I'll give a third 20 away at the end of the show. But for now, our winner of 20 jock bucks... C.W. Solomon, 36. Charles, congratulations. We'll get you all set up there. Make sure that your Jock Market username is in the chat so that we can give you an opportunity to win. And Joe... Yeah, we've got we've got a man on the move. John rom has snapped to $10. We've got four golfers over $10. Now Bryson over 11.50, $11. 11.66 $11. and Jordan Spieth has moved up 3 cents from $10 and 1 penny to $10 and 4 pennies. Uh we might <laughs> would it be a record if we got Scotty Scheffler over ten dollars, and we had five guys over ten bucks. Has that ever happened? Before? I
1: don't think I've ever seen it. And I think what's the record for highest IPO price? I mean, Bryson's got to be getting close here at this point.
0: I thought John I believe- Rom was 12 something once. Yeah, I have it right here.
1: I think it was waste management.
0: ROM, Rom at okay. waste management was 1251 and Webb at Sony, believe it or not was 1250. So we might hmm. see that Bryson could potentially get to 1252 and become the most expensive golfer in the jock market ever, which would be pretty fascinating stuff. Um, good. Sorry.
1: For, I was going to say, for what it's worth, <laughs> his fair value projected rank from Jack Market in terms of pricing this week is 1398 So you're still well under where they projected him to be, uh, even at $11, $12.
0: Okay. Fair enough. Now there is uh let's see here. Okay. Scotty Scheffler, one penny away from breaking into the $10 mark. You know, we have guys, you mentioned Sam Burns. This to me feels like a little bit of disrespect. You know, the guy's coming off a win, which I understand that's toxic, but he's had the extra week off. This is not a one, one event stretch for Sam Burns where he's been good. He's been phenomenal all year long, $6 and 55 cents at what I think is probably going to be one of the better courses on tour for him.
1: I totally agree. Great course fit. Very <laughs> interested in Burns seeing where the price point is. Not so much worried about you know the candle burning out in terms of winning that victory. I think it, for a guy like Burns and in, in his talent level and his ceiling in terms of his trajectory – it only is going to give him more confidence right that that i can close the deal now and i feel like that could really be a, a monumental win for him in terms of skyrocketing you know his career potential here so yeah definitely where is his price currently at i have him at 655 okay 655 would definitely uh, be in the buy range for me
0: All right. Scrolling down a little bit further. Charles Schwartzel has turned his game around. Also, his results are not going to include that runner up finish at the Zurich Classic. I see Jason Day, who seems like a shell of himself and, and a question. There was a question in the chat. Um, I don't have it handy, but it was about Taylor Gucci who I'm pretty bullish on. He's been hitting his irons well. I think that there's a chance that this thing turns into a bit of an iron fest. But anybody in this next you know, tier or two down, Joe, that you're going to be adding to your favorites list for the next couple of minutes here? So I
1: have some interest in – You know, I thought about Sebastian Munoz, but he's just been trending really poorly lately. But it seems like it yes. could be a great fit. I'm still looking at Thomas Peters just because – I this the guy's talent level is just there and he needs a really good finish on the PGA tour in order to to get in more events, right? To stop having the tee up at the Corrales and, and Punta Cana and all this stuff. Another guy that I, I'm kind of interested in, and I kind of wanted actually your take on this guy, because I wrote down some numbers here. Wyndham Clark is 355. So Wyndham Clark is just interesting in that he's fifth in distance. Yeah, first and around the green, but his approach numbers are terrible. He's like 120. Like, do those two typically correlate? And I wanted to ask you about this, because you're kind of the statistician here. If you're really bad in strokes gained approach, (laughs) does that help you in terms of strokes gained around the green? Or are those two totally separate things?
0: so not necessarily but if if the guy is kind of a so like if his strokes gain total number which it is is better than his approach number he's going to have to figure that out in some place so it makes sense that he's making it up somewhere on or around the greens but it they it is not necessarily true that if you are bad at one you are good at the other now he is probably uh, just kind of by default practicing it more. Cause he's missing so many greens, right? Like he's put, <laughs> yeah. like he's putting himself in so many situations that he's, sh- he's, he's seriously probably just getting more reps at it. Now it doesn't right. mean that more reps makes you better, but, or uh, it, it improves your stats or anything, because it's not a, it's not a counting stat, but it, it, it does make sense that he would practice that he would be better at it because he does miss so many greens. But to to your point, the, the type of golfer that I think benefits the most from TPC Craig ranch or one of the types of golfers would be someone like Wyndham Clark, who is fourth in driving distance and 213th in accuracy. So normally a normal event, he would bomb it and he would be in trouble. Well, yeah. there's not much trouble out there. He's going to miss fairways. That's fine. He'll go find it, or he'll just hit it out of the rough. It's not that big of a deal. He's not going to be penalized as much. So I actually think the very long, very inaccurate golfers are ones that probably get a boost this week. Is kind of the way that I'm I'm looking at it. Love it. All right, let's give this one more refresh here. And we are going to uh, let you, Joe, go do your thing. So here, if you're new, what we do is uh, in the last couple of minutes here, which we are certainly in the last couple minutes, we tell Joe, get out of here, go do your thing. And he will uh, make his bids and we'll talk about the guys that he actually uh, ends up getting. So Joe, normally we talk about five or seven guys. That's usually your core for your portfolio. I'm assuming something similar this week.
1: Yeah, something similar. Totally. Um, a lot of those guys are at the very top or a little bit out of my range. I prefer to kind of stick to the $7, $8 range for my top guys. So we'll see who kind of finishes around there. Um, There are some names and some guys who have been off for a little while that I have some interest in. Then I'll go down to that $4 or $5 range, try to grab a couple of those guys and then see if I can land a couple bombs in the $2 range that can make a cut and give me a nice little sweat on the weekend, a chance to maybe sell some shares and return early profit there.
0: All right, buddy, get out of here. Good luck. We will talk to you in a few minutes. It is by my clock 8:55 on the East Coast, which means this IPO phase is going to close in the next two or three minutes. So this is usually when things get very quiet in the chat, it's usually when I start to take you home. And we have seen Bryson DeChambeau stay around that $11.66 mark, but John Rom, the sweetheart of the jock market, is pushing him now up to $11.49. We have two golfers over. $11. We have another two over 10, both Jordan Spieth and Will Zalatoris at $10 and a quarter. What is What does that mean? Well, if you're buying Zalatoris and Spieth at $10 and 25 cents, you need them to finish 11th or better to return you a profit. After that, Scotty Scheffler, probably just moments away from cracking into the $10 mark, unless he already has. Before I refresh this, Matt Fitzpatrick, $8 and 88 cents. Daniel Berger, eight and a quarter and Hideki Mats Tsuyama is making a little bit of a move. He's up to $8.08. That is the area code for Honolulu, by the way. And also, if you are a buyer of Hideki at $8.08, you are looking for him to finish 17th or better. Can Hideki go out and, and the start after winning the Masters, finish 17th or better? I guess we're going to find out. Let me give this big board a refresh here because we are now in that window the window of 90 seconds that at any moment, this IPO phase can close. So you're certainly going to want to get your bids in. A couple of questions about Lee Westwood, a couple of questions about Ricky Fowler. I do not personally believe this is the week that Ricky Fowler turns it around. I think that uh I think we're gonna have to see it coming for Ricky. I think there's going to be more of a natural build for his success. Back to the big board. Bryson Shambo still at the top, still not much movement there. And we haven't seen Scotty Scheffler break into the $10 mark, but we are seeing guys like Sam Burns move up. We are seeing Brooks Kepka match Hideki Matsuyama at $8.50. Oh. Very
1: early
0: down. close. A very early close in the jock market. Wow, this eight
1: fifty-seven still. Still Shut down.
0: It's closed. That's it. Very early close. Let me throw up the banner. How, so how how I didn't see much movement, Joe. Are we gonna have one of these situations where people were left I holding think the so. bag?
1: Yeah, I think even myself, I only, if things closed the way that I think they did, I think I only have four guys here. So uh, I wasn't able to get it all in in time. And I think a lot of people may be in the same situation. But with the early close, what that presents to us is opportunity, right? That's how you got to look at it. So there could be potential spots in tournament. And as soon as this thing does, actually, as of right now, there are already bid and ask price on a number of golfers out there. Bryson is for instance, a ten dollar and ninety four cent bid price—that's what someone is willing to pay for Bryson right this very second—and wow. the ask is fifteen forty four already. So, seconds after the IPO close, um, we have some offers out there on both ends of the stick.
0: All right. Well, listen, I've, I'm letting the dust settle. I'm letting my big board refresh. So in the meantime, we're going to do two things. We are going to get uh, not only Joe's portfolio, but I'm going to give away $20 more to the jock market. And that right there goes to Tony, Tony M 704 Congratulations. We will get you set up with $20 to the jock market. I've got one more $20 jock bill to give away and I'll do it at the end of the show here in just a few minutes. But now... It- is that time, Joe? You get to share with the world who you are riding this week in your portfolio.
1: Okay, so I didn't have much time to go down to the guys very low this week, but I'll take a look as soon as we go off the air here. But here's who I got. Uh, I got Sam Burns, who I spoke Ooh, about. Yes. Seven dollars and eighty cents. And right below him at 750, I got some Siwoo Kim action.
0: Ooh, Siwoo.
1: So we didn't talk about Siwoo. Yeah, but Siwoo has – strokes on
0: approach recently. He's been awesome.
1: Definitely. Boomer bust with Siwoo. So I'm going to roll the dice with him a little bit there. Um, Into the $6 range, I got some shares, a few shares of Mark Leishman. And then all the way down at $4, I took a little bit of Tom Hoagie, who's ranked out really well for me. Uh, Second in approach over like his last 24 rounds, 13th tee to green. Just got in with the Matt Wolf withdrawal to the PGA Championship. So maybe some good vibes in the Tom Hoagie inner circle this week will sort of free him up to to go out there and and have a good week down there at Craig Ranch.
0: The thing I like about Tom Hoagie is he is not afraid to finish inside the top 10. You know, we talk all the time, right? What's someone's average finish? You know, you can have an average finish of, let's call it, 37th and you finish between 25 and 50th every single week, or you can have an average finish of 37th and you go MC MC third, seventh MC sixth, (laughs) right? And that's like what Hoagie does. And when he does the good ones, you're going to get a piece of the pie. So I certainly do not mind investing in those guys in the jock market. I like that strategy. Love it. Let's go over to the big board. Bryson DeChambeau, our most expensive golfer this week, eleven dollars and sixty six cents. Right behind John Rahm, eleven forty nine. Those two should not be any surprise.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, Bryson up at the top, Rahm in second. That's kind of how I think we all saw this playing out. They were number one and two for me. Spieth, interestingly, um, you know, barely crept up a couple cents there from from yeah. where we saw him at the Open. So I think just the the question marks circling around speed, uh, you know, gave people a little pause for concern. You know, you can't ignore the recent form, but I think that's the one thing that kept him from being maybe a little bit higher this week. So Did far, breakthrough? No, he
0: didn't. He Didn't. Yeah. So, so far for me, the biggest surprise here would be that Sheffler is not more expensive than Zalatoris. I, I love both of these guys. I think they're great, but I thought that the sentiment on Sheffler this week was going to be a bit stronger. Not that I mean, it's twenty six cents. I'm splitting hairs here, but I guess I was just surprised about not seeing Sheffler finally snap through that ten dollar mark right below Berger at nine twenty five, and this Matt Fitzpatrick at eight eighty nine. That could be pretty devilish. He's been, he's been, he's been dynamite.
1: I know, and he was like so close, and he's been the guy I've been torn on all week in terms of betting cards, in terms of one and done, all this stuff. Like, is this Fitz week? It could be, right? I think that he's picked up some length, which has served him well, and he's just putting the lights up. That was the one thing for me that I looked at you know he's had when i kind of dove a little bit deeper i think four of the last five let me find it here yeah four straight tournaments losing strokes on approach where he's been able to really make that up with tremendous putting weeks plus 3 plus 4 plus 7 strokes game putting weeks and you know what we've seen is is obviously he's a great putter but that's hard to withstand in the way that you win golf tournaments on the PGA Tour is with your irons and is with your approach play. And it always has been. And losing in four straight was kind of the one, just the one negative blurb, I guess, that you could say about Matt Fitzpatrick this week. Otherwise, it looks like a perfect setup.
0: Brooksy and Hideki, the two question marks, uh both went for eight dollars and fifty cents. So they just stayed together there. Sam Burns, you mentioned it's <laughs> 780. He made it into your portfolio for this week. Try to go down and just see if there's any interesting names. Peters did close at five dollars and fifty-five cents. Let me see here. Ricky Fowler, 425. Oh boy.
1: Yeah. Ricky and what are we doing and, with this guy? It, Ricky and Jason Day, man, like both of them. like, what do we do with either one of them, right? They were both so good. In day's fall, I think, from the top has been more drastic because he was the former number one player. I was on him last week a lot. i I thought that a lot of narratives lined up. I think some of those same narratives could line up this week. Just concerning, man. I, I've been on him so many times recently because I feel like he always presents a valuable IPO price. And you look at that now, even five dollars and four cents. You're like, man, Jason Day. It kind of sticks out to you. But he, I've just been bleeding money on him left and right.
0: You know, I've been um I've been on record saying that uh, Jason Day and Ricky Fowler should have sent you know, Jordan Spieth, a, a gift basket because he was, <laughs> he was providing cover for their downfalls, right? All we were talking about was speed. Well, now that speed is back, uh, it's, it's a lot harder yeah. to cover for these guys because they were, I mean, uh, well, I mean, J- Jason day at one time, uh, literally the number one player in the world. And then, and then Fowler just, you know, can't figure it out. Uh, going a little bit further here. We got a couple of names that we mentioned earlier, Peter, Uline, $3 and 52 cents. Uh, I saw John Catlin on here, $3.20. I'm trying to see if mm-hmm. there's anybody else that might be super interesting here. There was a comment in the chat about uh, taking a strategy of, let me see if I can find this. <laughs> It was basically – oh, here we go. This week, trying heavier buys on $2 to $4 guys. So basically, if anybody goes off you know, top 25, top 20, I, I, I think this is a pretty good strategy for jock market. We routinely see those middle-tier, lower-tier guys. You know, there, there's, only, there's only so much downside. They can't really kill you, and, and they have a plenty of upside.
1: There's no doubt about it. Yeah, you're right. I think that this is a viable strategy. You know, the one guy we see up there consistently on the leaderboard, I think, employs this uh, quite often. So it's pretty much all upside, right? Like the lowest you can go on a two dollar guy is you lose half your money, and he goes down to a dollar if he finishes dead last. Um, but if he somehow finds his way into that top twenty, he's returning multiple x on your on your dollar. So. I think this is a very viable strategy. It's just about picking and choosing those right guys because there's so many of them. You know, There's 40, 50 guys that end up down there in that range, and it's about really isolating the one, two, three of them that you think have a good chance at the top 25.
0: One question about why you are seeing either negative or positive numbers in the jock market right now from Drew and Joe. This is really just the the difference between uh, what you paid and then what jock market's fair value was. Am I, am I understanding that correctly?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much that suggested price that you see when you click a player um, during the IPO. If it says it's $6.44 and you ended up paying $7 for him, then you're technically going to be in the negative 56 cents per share. Don't worry about it, Drew. It's all going to change almost immediately come Thursday, Friday, Saturday, like that number will fluctuate. And the only one that really matters is that ask and that bid price during the event, because that's what you, someone is willing to pay for them. Um, So if you have shares, a guy, it doesn't really matter what that price shows. It's what someone's willing to pay for him. And then obviously the price when the tournament ends. So, don't worry too much into that now. A lot of the times it looks like you're taking a loss uh, you know, immediately after IPO, but things shake out differently.
0: Tim says, "I ended up with only one share of Whaley. I got outbid in the last few seconds on Spieth and Hoagie. Tim, you got da- you got Joe. Joe sniped you in the last <laughs> few seconds on Tom Hoagie. Joe, what are you doing, man?
1: Sorry, Tim, man. I didn't know you were after him, man. I mean, maybe I would have changed things up differently. But your boy, I know you've been high on Vince Whaley. I didn't know if you'd heard of the guy a couple of weeks ago when you brought him up. Now he's going for what like four dollars a share, but." Uh, It's wild the rise of Vince Whaley from the $1 penny stocks. And now he's like kind of a regular that people are looking to target.
0: That's what happens when you make like seven cuts in a row and they're all yep. like 25th to 35th or something like that. So yeah, absolutely. Uh Okay, Joe, so we are now, uh, we're, we're now live. I mean, this is, you can go, you can buy, you can sell, you can uh get involved in the jock market. And we saw last week, you know, Roy McIlroy struggled in the first round, ends up winning the golf tournament. You could have got shares of Roy much cheaper. Sure. And I think that, Uh, keeping an eye on the weather this week will be important. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot, but it looks like maybe Saturday into Sunday, we might be able to, we might be getting some rain and you know what the PGA tour loves to do preferred lives, brother. They love putting ball in hand. (laughs) And if you put ball in hand, there will be a bigger emphasis on guys in the fairway because they will be able to pick up their ball. So keep that in mind. Any other, any other things that you might look for in terms of live kind of trading here?
1: Yeah, it gets windy, it gets rainy out in Texas, so definitely keep an eye on that. And uh, you know, I'll pump our tires here a little bit. You know, we were right last week when we talked about pay attention to that Friday afternoon All weather. Over it. All right, over it. like that was a huge difference. Like we saw, I mean, shit, we saw guys getting on flights home <laughs> literally <laughs> and come back yeah. the next morning. So yeah, pay attention to that because if you see something like that arise, and you know the afternoon's going to get cut get really tough and you have a guy one, two strokes outside of the leaderboard. I mean, we saw this situation perfectly right in front of our eyes and Bryson kind of brought it to everyone's attention where you can go from 80th in a dollar a share to all of a sudden you make the cut to all of a sudden you finish ninth and you're making people a ton of money. So if people hang a hang an offer out there on a guy, one or two outside, you pay attention to that weather, see something coming up, maybe an opportunity to buy. Definitely.
0: I'm glad you said that because we literally described exactly what was going to (laughs) happen. I think we actually said it's going to move two shots. It moved two shots. Like It was was perfect. Yes, I'm so glad. I'm so glad about that. I've got one more $20 uh, giveaway here, and I've picked the name. I just have to find the comment, and it goes to – oh, boy. Oh, boy. I can't find it, but the username is – Lamarcus Malvo. Lamarcus, congratulations. We will get you set up with $20 into the jock market. Why can't I find your comment? I don't know. Either way, that was it for the the jock bucks. We'll get you all set up and we'll email those guys over. Joe, this is, I I hate to call it a tune up because it's a a big event. They're giving away like 1.4 million bucks to it, but we are getting also the PGA Championship next week. So that's probably gonna be a a blowout uh, on the jock market. We know major championships get more liquid. Uh, This would be a really good time to get your feet wet, understand everything so that you are ready to rock and roll for next week.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier today. So, you know, if you're new to this, make it like keep an eye on this app during the round Thursday, during Friday, make a couple of trades, figure out um, what works, what doesn't work, where you made the right move, where you made the wrong move. You can kind of develop a strategy there um, that's going to set up nicely next week. I cannot wait for Kiowa Island. It's going to be a great event. All the big names are going to be there. I'm just hoping like I feel like it's been a while since we got. Like alpha v alpha. Like when we, like, I want that in a major championship. Like, I want Bryson v Ron v DJ and them all to be there and to be close down the stretch. I think this course is going to provide that for us. I'm hopeful. Um, I'm excited for this week. I'm excited for next week. Thank you all for joining us and we appreciate you guys.
0: That's why Brooks is going to win this week because it would just add one more heavyweight with no question marks. Put Cass on the
1: fire. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We'd have Rory, I we'd have so. Spieth, we'd have Rom, we'd have Bryson. It'd just be everybody versus everybody. It'd be awesome. Okay, that'll do it. Another Wednesday night power hour in the books. That's Joe. I'm Rick. You can follow Joe at Torpix. You can follow me at Rick Run Good. We will be back same time, same place next week for the PGA Championship. Thank you all very much for stopping by. It's been a great hour. Best of luck this week. Whoop, a little bit early, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya. Peace.